For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Before we get started, support for this podcast comes from Boost with Facebook, whose podcast, Boost My Business with David Fisher, features unique perspectives and insight from business leaders and small business owners. Hear stories and anecdotes about businesses just like yours. Gain insight on what it takes to grow a business and learn from both the mistakes and triumphs of others. Download Boost My Business wherever you get your podcasts. That's Boost My Business Podcast. Before we get started, support for this podcast comes from Boost with Facebook, whose podcast, Boost My Business with David Fisher, features unique perspectives and insight from business leaders and small business owners. Hear stories and anecdotes about businesses just like yours. Gain insight on what it takes to grow a business and learn from both the mistakes and triumphs of others. Download Boost My Business wherever you get your podcasts. That's Boost My Business Podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Chalk Talk. I'm Taylor Davis, my co-host McKenna Kelly, alongside me as always. I wish you guys could like see the arm and hand gestures I do when I do my intro because it's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> but I have to do something to like give myself energy and That's it's so just funny. like throwing my arms out. I'm giving you guys a visual of how ridiculous I look. But That's- we are so excited that you've joined us for another week of Chalk Talk. Obviously, the college season is well underway. Some big meets on national television this past week that made quite the splash. So we're going to be recapping a few of those, breaking down some upcoming meets for this weekend. We're going to talk about a little bit of elite news as Allie Raceman is once again in the headlines. And we have a very special guest joining us at the end of the episode. I'm so excited to catch up with him, the head coach of the Auburn Tigers, Jeff Graba. Obviously, spoiler alert, going to be talking about the big win over Alabama this past week. Just the second time Auburn has beat Alabama since 1980. So this was kind of a big deal for them to start their season off that way. So it's going to be a great episode. We're excited that you've joined us. We're also excited to start this week off because we have gotten a question from a listener that we both really liked and thought it was a good topic. So we're going to talk about it real quick. And just a quick reminder that we love to hear from you guys. So we, you know, we hear a lot of encouragement, a lot of people saying, you know, I love listening and that means so much to us. But if you have any questions or uh, topic points that you want us to discuss, absolutely send those to us and, yes. and we'll love to talk about them on the episode. So McKenna got one that she really uh, liked and wanted to talk about. So go ahead, McKenna. Yeah, so this um, this was from an Instagram DM from A Step Fifteen. First of all, she says I listen every week, and that means so much to us. I mean, I don't think there's enough gymnastics content out there, and it, enough nope. that's like cutting edge, cool podcast stuff. So thank you for joining us and and coming on board and supporting us in the sport of gymnastics. But her question was, are mistakes always nerve related? 
Um, that's a great question. Um, no, I, my my answer would be no. Just considering um, sometimes you're a little crooked in the air. Sometimes you take off wrong. Sometimes you your grip slips on bars and it, it shifts and you can't hold the bar properly. So no, I mean, there are physical errors that can um, definitely occur. But I mean, yeah, of course there's mental mental things that could happen. I mean, you could watch your teammate literally get injured right before you're supposed to go next. I mean, that can mess mm. with your head, you know? Um, there can be a new skill that you're going to be competing and that could really um, make you a little nervous. You never competed it before or maybe, you know, training this past week wasn't wasn't your best. And so that that kind of is putting some doubt in your mind. Um, so yeah, there's definitely nerves that are related to kind of mental errors, but I would say it, it's kind of, it's either or. So great question, A-Step. Um, and she was watching the LSU meet, the LSU Georgia meet, and that's where that question came from. So thank you for watching the sport. Um, we need more viewers. We need to grow this sport. So that means a lot. Well, in gymnastics, we've talked about it a little bit. It's also very much affected by environment. Like you you get very used to uh, the environment that you are practicing in and getting reps and the muscle memory is very much connected to the environment. So when you go to an away meet, there is an adjustment, what you're spotting, what you're seeing in your peripherals, like stuff like that also have an implication Absolutely. on um, mistakes. But talk to me a little bit about handling those nerves because I'm sure a lot of young gymnasts are, are fighting that battle. I mean, yeah. look, I know baseball players that see sports psychologists because they right. have an issue with with hitting. So yeah. uh, for gymnastics, I can't imagine the mental warfare that goes on knowing what is at risk. I mean, literally like your your body and your health and everything. So for when you look back over the course of your career and how you kind of uh, got to a place where you could handle the nerves, what what kind of advice would you give someone who's maybe struggling to get those under control? Yeah, um, I think it all starts in your mind. I think talking to yourself positively and not not even letting yourself tell yourself those, not even maybe that negative, just be like, oh, I'm nervous. Don't even tell yourself that. You know, tell yourself you're excited. Tell yourself you're ready. Um, recall all the times and all the hours you've spent in training, all of the successes and all of the good landings you've had. I mean, I guarantee you, if you look back on your training, gymnasts, you guys have had way more success than you've had a bad routine. And so hold on to that and hold on to the fact that you're ready. You're confident. You, you got to tell yourself these things. I mean, fake it till you make it honestly because nerves mm -hmm. can get the best of you. Um, personally, I noticed that if I was too quiet during a meet, if I was almost not too focused, I had to channel my focus in a different way. I had to be energetic because if I was too like to myself, I'd get too into my head. I'd get too nervous. So that's why being goofy worked for me. Um, I could kind of channel my energy in a fun way. And I also think relying on your teammates and watching your teammates hit their routines, that's going to build and give you more confidence as well. See, I love that. And I think that that's a really good approach to it. And one that should be emphasized a lot is reinforcing the positives. I think so often people want to like get control or fix the negatives. Yeah. And, and in gymnastics, sometimes you can't. The reality yeah. is, yes, you may fall off this beam. Yes, you may not land that pass. So don't harp on the negative right. so much. Instead, reinforce the positive. Sure. Reinforce what your teammates are yelling for you on the sideline, what success you had in practice that week. Allow your mind to be filled with those things. And then I think you exude that in your performance. So I think that's a really great way to put it. And I mean, 
you just have a way of always seeing the glass half full. That's something that I've always <laughs> known about you. And I think yeah. that's such a special quality. And I know that that's something that you're trying to spread and share with others in a different way now that you're not an athlete anymore. So why don't you tell everybody about what you're working on? Yes. So I am working on an online life coaching program. I'm putting together just a program for you guys, whether whether you're a gymnast, you don't have to be a gymnast, whether you're just facing adversity in life. Um, I really learned about myself that this is a passion of my heart and um, that I can't, I can't contain it anymore. And 2020, I told myself was a year of taking risk and putting myself out there. So that if this doesn't work, it doesn't work. And I've got something else I can always go to. But I'm just so excited. And I'm ready to to do this. I I love helping others. And I think I think my Achilles injury happened for this reason. So I can do that in in a certain way. And um, so I'm super, super excited. But if you guys will follow my Instagram, I have more information about it. Um, it's called Write Your Story. Um, I'm still in the works of creating this like legitimate program, um, but I'm going to be hosting a three day free workshop. Sorry, that's tricky to say. Three day free day workshop <laughs> um, on Facebook. If you guys go join my group called Write Your Story with McKenna Kelly, um, I'm going to be doing a three day live video interaction with you guys. Um, we're going to go through steps of, you know, finding out your why, talking about what your purpose is, talking about the adversity and obstacles you're facing and how you can change your perspective to to have positive changes regardless of the obstacle you're facing. Um, sorry if I'm screaming, Taylor. I get really passionate about this. No, I love it. I love so, it. Yeah, but thank you for asking. I, I'm super, super excited about it. That's awesome. I, I think that fits you so well, and I think you'll do great things with it. So if any listeners are interested, be sure and follow up and look into that because um, you you certainly could be uh, impacted positively by my girl, McKenna. So Yay. let's go ahead and dive into some, gym- some gymnastics news. Like I mentioned at the beginning, uh, do want to talk briefly about the headline that kind of confused me. I'm not going to lie. When it crossed my desk, I was like, um, okay. But it has made national headlines mostly because of her name, let's be honest, that Allie Raceman confirms she will not compete in the 2020 Tokyo Olympics. I'm really not entirely sure who thought she was, but I guess the national media felt like we needed to discuss it because she posted on her social media. Um, Basically, she went on and said that there had been some random headlines that like she wasn't going and she... Uh, typed something up and said, it, it is true. I'm, I'm not going to be pursuing the 2020 Olympics, but she didn't want it to be so, uh, she didn't want people to be so flippant about it, which I actually do respect. I think that for that sure. is such a big deal and um, such a heavy decision for her. And it's been her life, literally. It's yeah. It's been her everything. So for people to just have that like scroll across the bottom line on their TV and like, oh, she ain't going. That's not necessarily the respect that it deserves. My confusion was we had no reason to think that she was going back. I mean, she hasn't, right. she hasn't been in the gym. She hasn't been training. There's been no talk of her potentially returning. Um, I, I think maybe people that aren't well-versed on gymnastics maybe thought if you've been that successful, just like we've seen Simone Biles, you're gonna just keep going. Gabby Douglas, you just keep going. And yeah. she is in great shape. She's still very athletic. And the reemergence of Laurie Hernandez in the 11th hour, everyone was kind of unsure what she was doing. And now there's a chance she'll return. I guess everyone felt like they needed an official answer from Allie. But do you think that it 
we have made this more of a social media public statement thing. Like, I really don't think this was necessary, but because of the day and age of consumerism that we live in, she now had to go type up some big explanation to uh, confirm like what it. we already knew. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would say so. I, I think if people don't see it straight from the source, um, you know, they don't know what to believe. And, and, and there's such a dependency on social media and following each other. I mean, it's it's not a good thing. I mean, it, it's not – I mean, no one has private a private life anymore. No one has that personal inti- intimacy for themselves. You know, they, they're not sure, oh, should I – do I need to share this? Or can I share this? Or should I not share this? It, it's it's really touchy. It, it's, it's an odd thing, but that's just, I guess, the day and age these days. But if you do follow Allie, her Instagram, it, I mean, she is loving life. She is one of those people, though, that right. always makes the most of everything. She's a very focused individual. Um, she's, she's partnered with – Airy. Um, she has her own line, I believe, with them, or she, she's promoting them. She's working with them. I mean, she's worked with Olay. She's working with um, York Athletics. I mean, she has so many things going on in her life, and she looks happy, and that's what it's about. Yeah. I mean, this girl, she's accomplished everything there is in gymnastics. I don't I don't see, and I, she probably felt the need, I don't need anything else. There's nothing more I could, I could have earned from the sport. There's nothing more I could have wanted from the sport. I mean, she's literally done it all. Um, and she's such – she's just a boss babe. She just gets things done. And I think she's really grown into herself and who she is. And um, she's learning a lot about herself. Um, her Instagram shows she's she's been uh, making flower arrangements, which I think is so cute. I mean, mm. these, are, these are things that she's learning about herself that because she didn't know that she's had her whole life, little hobbies and things she's falling in love with because of the sport of right. gymnastics kind of kept her out of those things. So for a young adult like Allie, who's already so accomplished, I mean, the sky's the limit for her. She she is such a powerful voice. Um, and she's really created a platform outside of gymnastics too. She has fans. She has celebrity friends who, um, you know, she, she raises political voice awareness for things. And um, she's just, she's really a strong individual and she's going to succeed at whatever she does. But yeah, I was confused by why people thought Tokyo was in the picture. She hasn't, you know, hinted at it at at all. And um, I don't, I think she's past that. I think she's in a sense over it and she's at peace and I think she's ready to move on. I agree. I mean, I think we've, we've seen times where a return is very successful, i.e. I mean, her second return at the Olympics was phenomenal, but Sometimes it doesn't necessarily work. Like Gabby Douglas, her second round was nothing like her first. And right. and so you run that risk if you continue to try and do it. You may ruin a good thing. And to me, this kind of felt like the the end of a relationship in a way. Like you you know it's over. The writing is on the wall, but <laughs> you gotta have that like official conversation to like really cut it off. And that's kind of what this felt like. Like America needed her to like officially break up with them, you know? And that's kind of what this social media post was. And now everyone can officially move on kind of thing. But I don't think this will be, whether she's in a leotard or not, this won't be the last we see of her. She's going to continue to be a champion for this sport, a champion for the athletes. I mean, she is yeah. a very strong advocate for everything that was going on with the sexual abuse case. And and she's going to continue to be a voice for these athletes and for Team USA. So I think that this is the obvious next step for her uh, to not be uh, competing in Tokyo. But if anyone was holding on or felt like they were confused, there's your answer. Yeah. Okay. 
Let's dive right in to some college gymnastics because there is plenty to talk about. Let's break a few of these down. Obviously, we will be able to recap the SEC meets a lot better because they are on national television, uh, but I will go ahead and go over just some different scores and, and results around the country. One that I'm interested to see as the season continues is Michigan. They have started with two wins, and I mean... We had Olivia on earlier this season, and Michigan is a program that uh, really finds a way to end up on the national stage by the end of the season, and Bev Plocky has just done a phenomenal job with that program. They've started out with two wins, but they haven't scored in the 196 or above. They've gotten 195s, and I I just wonder if, if they're kind of working through what some other teams in the country are working on right now, like replacing some really great talent that has left and allowing these freshmen to really establish themselves or if if they're just working out some some rhythm things some kinks I don't know I want this program to be at the top of the list I think they deserve it and they've really kind of paved the path for them to get there it's just going to be a matter of of how the talent really comes together Agreed. And I think you're going to see that from a lot of different teams from different conferences. Just coming out of the gate, you're, you're not always going to be at your strongest and you don't want to be at your strongest. Your goal is at the the end of the spring, you know, you're you're aiming for those big conference meets. You're aiming for the national championship. So, I mean, for, for these teams, it's it's you can't you can't base how they're going to develop and, and what their peak is going to be and when it's going to be. Um, but what you want to look for is progression. And, and like you said, that's something Michigan has done every single season and they've got big talent on that team. They've got some beautiful gymnasts, some standout gymnasts who, who always make a mark. So um, teams like that, you can't be worried. You, you, you've got to kind of look at their history and see, you know, well, okay, how, how is each season, where have they progressed in, and do they progress? And you definitely see that with Michigan. I agree. And and then, you know, other programs that have we've become very used to seeing them on the national stage, right. but we don't know if they're necessarily going to contend for a title. And mm-hmm. I think that that's kind of where Michigan has been. Utah, I would also put in that category. And yeah. I think this season is going to be very telling for Utah because like we've talked about in weeks prior, Tom Farden is now the head coach. He was the co-head coach with Megan Marsden for years and years and years. So now the leadership looks a little bit different, just one instead of two. But they also don't have Michaela Skinner anymore. And Michaela right. Skinner was just the backbone of this team. Michaela Skinner is a generational athlete. Like you don't get gymnasts like Michaela Skinner who can compete as consistently with the wow factor that she brought to college gymnastics. Like that, you lose so much in an athlete like her. Um, This past week, they won the best of Utah meet, which is them, BYU, Southern Utah, and Utah State. They did score 197. So you got to think that they're up there with the skills, but without an anchor like her, you you kind of lose that reliability a little bit. What do you anticipate Utah will have to do to replace someone like her? Um, I'm, they're just, they'll have to step up their game. They'll have to step up, I think, more in a leadership aspect. I think talent, of course, I mean, I think Utah has the talent. Like you said, they, they always seem to be kind of a national contender. They don't always seem to make that final cut or are they, you know, aren't 
always in the end of the running, but they, they're always there and they're very good and they're always going to give you a run for their money. Um, so talent wise, I think they're fine. I think leadership wise, that's where, you know, that's where the edges kind of come in. That leader is going to lead the team and, and kind of set the pace and set the tone for that team and rally them together and be like, Hey, like we are Utah. We've got a, we've got a long list of like accolades and success. And, and, you know, we should expect that of ourselves. We should respect, um, you know, the path laid before us and we got to continue that legacy. So I think it's more of a leadership thing than, than really anything. Other big seasons. I mean, OU, they've got Reagan Smith. They've got big names as well. Um, and I think that's what you're going to see a lot um, of these next couple seasons coming up in the next few years. Because like we've mentioned before, you four people make the Olympic team. What does the rest of the national mm-hmm. team do? Everyone's kind of going the college route these days. So there's big names and big things coming about. So it's going to be really interesting to kind of see, you know, do these elite gymnasts demand big scores? That plays out every single season. And and the gym internet is very vocal about that. So Ooh. I'm sure we will we will know if that becomes an issue. Boy, uh, let's <laughs> let's recap the SEC a little bit. Um, some of the, I would say, obvious results. Uh, Kentucky defeated Missouri and Florida defeated Arkansas. I want to talk about Florida a little bit because we anticipated Florida would come out very angry Gators, very oh angry, goodness. hungry Gators, and it looks like they have. They scored a 197-3-5, and that fire is back. I mean, you don't, oh, man. You don't look good. Florida out of the national championship back-to-back years. That's just That's not going to fly with them, especially yeah. with the talent that they have, including Trinity Thomas. This girl is special. Yeah. No, she she's she's insane. Her talent is ridiculous. Um her height, her difficulty, her 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 cleanliness, she has like no form deductions. Florida looks freaking good. Um I, you know, I am I'm wondering are they could they peak too soon? Um because mm-hmm. they look so good. I mean, that's just a compliment to how great they look. I mean, Jenny was not lying. We had her on the podcast earlier um in, in the prior weeks to this. So, and, and Jenny was not lying. Jenny was dead on and um uh, they've got some good freaking talent. They do. And uh, sometimes competing with the chip on your shoulder is when you get the best result. And so uh, Florida is a team that I would be scared of if I was competing against them because they just kind of have that grit this year. And I think if you've got that grit coupled with the talent that they have, you're in a really good spot. It was not a good start for Arkansas, though. They scored a 194-4. And obviously, some eyes on that program now as Jordan Weber steps into the head coach role. But we've said it time and time again, a new head coach does not bring overnight success. They need time. It is going to be a process. They need to recruit. They need to mold these athletes uh, and have some time to really impart their wisdom. That's not something that can be done in a two-month span of time. So not incredibly shocking to see. Uh, Also, you're not doing yourself any favors when you're going up against Florida, who looks like they're in mid-season form already. Right, right. Um, But while you can see long-term and be positive about that, as an athlete, you know it's it's going to be challenging for them to be patient. Oh, absolutely. Um, and you got to think that Jordan is also working with recruits that aren't really hers. She's working with a team um, that that was recruited by the previous coach. So these aren't 
gymnasts that maybe she had her eye on to begin with. These aren't really gymnasts that um, she, I don't know, she's, she's stepping in and filling in the shoes and kind of picking up where they left off and having to rewrite that. And that's a lot. You're asking for a lot. And Arkansas is such a hardworking team. They're always a good team. They always, um, you just, you, you see this, this sense about them that they have to work for what they get. Um, and, and that is so that that's very respectable. So I'm, Jordan's only going to do good things with the sport. I, I don't think, I don't think Arkansas, I, I think they're only going to go up. I agree. I agree. Uh, real quickly, before we get off of this one, Trinity Thomas, this girl is still aiming to compete in the Olympics in Tokyo whilst in the middle of her college season. I just Crazy. want to get a quick uh, insight from you on that because I can't imagine the intensity on your body, on your mind, on uh, literally everything, like your life and the people around you. Because like all of your time is now being poured into gymnastics. And that feels like it's the case when you're just a student athlete or when you're just an elite athlete. And this girl is trying to do both and handle it all. I I can't fathom it, but I want to hear perspective from you. How much respect you have for her to be chasing both of these dreams at the same time? I I don't, I don't, like, I don't even have words. I don't know how this kid is doing that. That is nuts. She is amazing for that. You're, I mean, you're going from an elite season that you're not very, you're not really competing at all. Um, the my only concern is how is her body going to hold up? You know, is what right. if she gets injured working those difficult, more difficult skills, and you know that, that you're taking that away from Florida, then she's out for not only one season for both. So that would mm-hmm. be that would be as as a college coach, that would be my concern. Of course, your uh, your job as a coach, regardless of the sport, your job as a coach is to coach that athlete to her goals, his goals and dreams. That's your job to to push them, to motivate them, to get them ready to where they want to be. And I think that is so honorable of Jenny to to have that and to share that with her. She could have easily told her, no, you can't. Like, you're not going to be on our team if yeah. that's your goal. I don't want you getting hurt. I mean, but she's supporting the kid. She's supporting, regardless of the athlete, she's supporting that kid's dream. And I think that is so, that's just a really cool thing, a really special Thing. So, um, but my concern would be Trinity's body, just, you know, how is she going to hold up? Um, hopefully, you know, she stays healthy. That's always, always the goal. Um, but she's, she's so freaking good. If anyone's to do it, it's her. I agree with you. Looking at the results of these meets, you see wins and losses, but gymnastics is a very individualized sport. And a lot of these athletes did perform really well. Maybe it gets overshadowed if the team ended up with a loss, but I know there were girls across the country that really did have impressive performances. Were there any that caught your eye this week? Yes. So I took it upon myself to kind of, I was trying to broaden my gymnastics, um, Horizon. What, what, yes, that that's the perfect word for it. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, obviously, I'm kind of used to just the SEC. That's the conference, you know, my team and I, we were looking out for. And we didn't see much of other conferences until we got to the national championship stage. So, for me, this has been really cool to kind of watch other teams and see what they bring to the table. I'm, I'm still getting used to that. Um but I want to mention two huge scores. One was a 10 from a freshman from Illinois. Um, her name was Mia. And I mean, if you watch this routine, it is it is flawless. I mean, perfect. Wow. It is beautiful. I mean, obviously it's perfect. She got a 10. And then there was a 995 from a freshman named Helen Hugh. I think it's Hugh or her. Oh, yeah. Um, from Missouri on beam. I mean, from for a freshman and honestly, she didn't have a very good meet. She she had some rough scores, some some low nines, some mid nines, and obviously in college that's not ideal. Um, but she came to beam and capitalized and just brought her A game. And I think that really goes to show that 
if you're a gymnast and you're listening to this, it is not over till it is over. That meet does not, it's not over till it's over. Don't, you can't, if you have one bad event, do not carry that with you. You've got three other events to go and anything can happen. I mean, imagine if Helen would have brought this attitude like, oh man, like I'm going to be out of the lineups next week or like I suck. I mean, who knows what she was thinking? And Instead, she she flipped the script. She said, no, like, I still got another event to do for my team. So, like, if that's you, if you're in that position, it is not over till it's over. So don't give up on yourself. But also, Grace Glenn from UCLA had the – oh, my God. Her beam routine was jaw-dropping. 9975, I believe. I mean, as a first wow. off, she was first up on beam and got a 975, and rightfully so. It's so, so hard to score big as the first person up. Your job as, as first yeah. up – is to set the tone. You want a good, consistent, solid routine. You know, you're no, you're not normally going to put your biggest scorer up. You're going to put someone up that can definitely give you nine eight five and 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 up. Um, and boy, did she deliver! If you guys get the chance, go watch Grace Gunn's beam routine. Go watch Helen's beam routine and Mia's because those are some gorgeous beam workers. Honestly, that's even more of a testament to the validity of her score if it was at the beginning of the lineup because often judges are reluctant. They don't want to throw the big scores at the beginning because then how do you really go backwards unless it's a fall? Like really we see the big scores, you strategically build up to them to be in the five and and the anchor spot, obviously. Like if you're if you've got someone in your five that goes 995, you're anticipating the anchor is going to have to get a 9975 or a 10. And and that's really what you're working toward. And the judges almost feel stuck. Like if it's a little bit better and they just threw a 995, they know they have to go up. But to start it with something that big is just a testament to how, I mean, the judges knew like, ah, oh, crap, like we can't do anything about this other than give her a big score. So that right. is awesome. And honestly, I have so much respect for the big scores on beam, especially if it's somebody like you mentioned, the freshman at Missouri who wasn't having the best meet beam is usually where you see those thoughts come out. Like if you've been struggling Mm -hmm. a little bit, beam is really where you see it be shaky. Usually they can shake it off on floor. You kind of get out of your element and you're immersed in the music and things like that. But beam is usually when you see the nerves more. So I, I commend that freshman to be like, you know what? Screw this. Like I'm gonna, I'm still gonna give you a killer beam routine. And she delivered. So that is awesome. Um, Arguably the two biggest meets in the SEC were LSU, Georgia, and Auburn, Alabama. Obviously, we're going to talk about that Auburn win over Alabama with head coach Jeff Graba here in a moment. But want to get your perspective on this LSU-Georgia meet. Listen, we talked leading into this one that we, we were unsure how this was going to fare. I mean, both teams weren't really at their best in week one. They kind of had some inconsistencies, some nerves. And uh, how do you translate that right into an SEC meet? And Athens is no easy place to go into and compete. So for LSU to get the win on the road in Athens, I think was a great confidence boost for them. And a lot of freshmen contributed, which is great news for the Tigers. Oh my gosh, absolutely. I think I think any big SEC rivalry meet like that, it, it's going to be huge and it's going to be close. And um, there were there were big mistakes. Unfortunately, there were big mistakes. We saw Sabrina Vega um, didn't didn't do her best on bars, but boy, did she bring it on floor. That if you guys haven't watched her floor team, it is incredible. She is such a great performer, and she works the yeah. floor. And her music is very unique. And I don't imagine I can't I couldn't imagine any other gymnast performing that except her. She does it so so well. Um, mm-hmm. You have to be a good you have to be good with artistry to hit the beats that she does and the choreography. Because some gymnasts, I was one of them. Sometimes you get a little bit ahead of the music or a little bit behind so for her to be on point with that music is so fun to watch I mean that that's what's that's what's so 
beautiful about gymnastics and the fact that it's artistic gymnastics and Sabrina Vega does that very well. Um, but you saw big things. You saw big gymnastics. Um, we saw one of the vaulters on Georgia. She did a souk full, which is something you never mm-hmm. see. And I love, I love that we're, I've seen at least so far this season, there's a lot of different vaults that are coming into play. And, and that's so, that's so refreshing because <clears throat> you see your Chinko one and a half just all the time. That's all you see is your Chinko one and a half since your Chinko full. So it's, it's fun to see that kind of get changed up. But um, overall, big gymnastics from both teams. Um, I think nerves came into play. I think both just being that your second meet, such a big yeah. rivalry. I mean, yeah, you're going to have nerves. There's going to be, I think, added unnecessary added pressure just on, you know, thinking of those kind of complexities of it. But um, anyway, big gymnastics. I think we were sloppy. Um, I think both sides were sloppy. Um, but again, it is it's a new season. It's so early. So I think they have plenty of time to, to clean it up. I agree. I think that it's exciting to see so many freshmen across the country contributing this early. And mm-hmm. definitely in the SEC, if, if for a freshman to contribute in the SEC, you cannot be timid. You have to have ice water in your veins and really drown out the noise, which is dang near impossible in stadiums that have thousands and thousands of people and a student section with people in shoulder pads with spikes. Like, how do you drown that out as a freshman who's never experienced it before? Uh, And I think Kaya Johnson for me is going to be one that I keep my eye on. Like, I just, I see a lot of similarities with Kennedy Edney just in the way she handled competition. Like, I think obviously there's a lot of similarities as far as high power, gymnastics they're both very strong you can Mm -hmm. tell but the way that she handled it it's like she was completely unfazed by the outside and that is possibly one of the biggest hurdles to overcome there are seniors that haven't overcome that hurdle yet Right. I think I think you're spot on with that. Her she was very stoic. Um her poise mm-hmm. was very much like Kennedy's. I think that's a great way to to see it. There, there's not Kennedy is a very bubbly person. She's very she's a goofball. She, she's there to have fun, but she's also very laser focused. Um and and she's not going to wear it on her face. She's not going to wear her emotions on her face. She'll kind of have this blank stare. Um and it comes off as confident. And I think I think Kaya does the exact same thing and um her gymnastics speaks for itself. So, yeah, I am so excited to see where her college career takes her. Both of these teams need to tap in to what their new identity is because I don't think it's repetitive of the past. So For sure. given a little time and a little more competition atmosphere, I think both of these teams will rise to another level over the course of this season. So I'm excited to see that. And the last meet, which was arguably the biggest as far as result and energy and everything, the Iron Bowl of Gymnastics. Alabama went into Auburn and lost. And this was the first time Auburn had defeated Alabama since 2016. And that win, I I remember covering that one. And it was such a huge deal because the streak had been like 32 years or something like that since they beaten Alabama. And this is only the second time they've won since 1980. For some reason, that meet was always one that Auburn just couldn't put it all together, and they did. And I think that this team has some weapons, and if they get some confidence after this win over Alabama, I think you've got a very dangerous Auburn team. I love Darion Goborn. Drew Watson, who won the all-around. You've got Gracie Day. Skylar Shepard, who came in last year and has really made her mark, especially on beam. Like, you've got a lot of pieces on this Auburn team. I'm excited to get Jeff's opinion on this. But 
really Auburn has always been a program that's been a bit of a question mark. And I don't yeah. mean that in a negative way. Like even to the the program, the LSUs and the Floridas, I, I think you can attest to this. It always seemed like going into a meet with Auburn, everyone was unsure what they would get. And those teams are are dangerous because you can't predict them. Right. And it's I think I think like you said, question mark is is kind of a good way to put it because they always seem to be on fire. They're always spunky. They're always yeah. passionate. And it's like the, you would think that passion and they've got good talent. You would think that would take them to a to a more national stage to that end meet. But it it, it seems to not be the case. It'll be interesting to see what he says and, and how that team will progress. I think Auburn needed something like this. They they have girls with talent, but at some point it's got to get to you when you're consistently doubted and you're never talked about on that highest tier of SEC teams. At some point you start believing it. You start believing that, okay, we're destined to be somewhere in the middle. And if we accomplish that, job well done. They need girls who go into this and say, no, we are changing the narrative this year. Watch us work. And I think that's what they did in this one, beating Alabama in front of a huge crowd. I'm excited to see what this team does the rest of this season. And we are going to bring in some personal insight to Auburn Gymnastics, head coach Jeff Graba. But before we do that, I want to tell you guys once again about my bookie. It's 2020. We're heading into a new year. And for the first time in a long time, the Pats are not going to be in the Super Bowl. So who is your next pick. Head over to mybookie.ag to make your predictions a reality. MyBookie is one of the most trusted in the industry, and if football is not your thing, no worries. They have it all. From the NBA to the Premier League, there is something for everyone. They've even got odds on the UFC, and with everybody's favorite Irish nuisance fighting on the 18th, things are bound to get exciting. MyBookie has the fastest payouts, best promotions, and a very helpful 24-7 customer service team. If you join right now, MyBookie will match your deposit halfway all the way up to $1,000. That means if you deposit $2,000, you're going to get an extra $1,000 in free money to play with. All you have to do is use our promo code BLV to activate this offer. Once again, promo code BLV to get your extra cash from my bookie. All right, everybody, the time is here. We are so excited to be joined by the head coach of the Auburn Tigers. Everyone, welcome Jeff Graba. Jeff, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. We're excited to catch up. I don't hide it at all that I am a very proud (laughs) Auburn alum, so I love any opportunity to talk about my alma mater. So we are going to dive right in. Uh, You are now in your... 10th season as the head coach at Auburn. And the impact that you have had on the program is incredibly evident, but I want to hear it from your perspective. When you look over the course of your tenure, how have you seen the culture around Auburn gymnastics really evolve? You know, the, when I first interviewed for this job, um, I think what they were trying to accomplish with the new hire, with whoever they were going to hire, was they, they just wanted interest to come back into gymnastics and, and, um, or, or to start it from scratch. Basically yeah. there was a lot of good stuff here to start with. There was a good practice facility and, you know, good academics and a good town and that type of stuff. But there really wasn't a culture of, Hey, let's go watch gymnastics on Friday night. And, you know, um, you know, it, th- there wasn't the excitement around the program. So that was sure. really job one is you gotta, you gotta have excitement in your hometown if you want Absolutely. recruits to show up. So 
um, you know, job one was to start putting people in the stands to, to watch our product and, and to start recruiting out. And, you know, it's when I took the job, I tried to get the administration to understand gymnastics is different than any other sport. There isn't any junior college transfers. There's not right. a whole lot of that market. And, and everybody who's really good in the sport that you're recruiting, everybody knows who's really good. So it's, mm-hmm. it's not like you're going to find uh, diamonds in the rough. Like you, you, you'll hear that right. in the NFL. You'll hear that in, in college football and basketball mm-hmm. all the time that somebody missed somebody. Nobody misses anybody in gymnastics. Right, Everybody right. sees the good ones. So, uh, so th- there was a, I, I told the administration, it's like turning an aircraft carrier around. It's not like turning a speedboat around. This is going to take mm. quite a few years of dedicated and focused yeah. effort to get a fan base and to get a, a, a quality product. That's a really good point. Uh, that's a really good comparison, I feel like, an aircraft, because it's going to take a while and the, and the end tail of things has to shift around. But um, Jeff, you started actually as head coach at Flips in Minneapolis, and you were a co-owner of Midwest Gymnastics, and you got your college start at Hamline, made your way to Utah State, then to Utah, and now you're in the SEC. How has that Pac-12 to SEC shift been, and where are the biggest differences that you see? Well, uh, I, I like to tell everybody I've had a little bit of everything. Um, <laughs> I learned a ton. Uh, the Pac-12, yes, it's a little bit of a different mentality. Uh, the, I think every conference has its own mentality because it's who you sure. compete against in the conference. What mm-hmm. I learned in the SEC is, is it, it's, a, it's about power and it's in-your-face gymnastics. You, they're, they're, you, you, have to, you don't get thousands of people at every venue in the SEC to show up for a nice sport. It's, it's like, it's aggressive. Yeah. They fully embrace the, the raucous crowds. Uh, so it's, it's its own flavor. I think it's the best flavor in the country. I, I'd agree. I'd agree. I'm a little biased, <laughs> but I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, if you're talking in your face gymnastics, this past week certainly included that for you guys. So your Ooh. first home meet, your first SEC meet in a sellout crowd against your rival Alabama and you guys get the victory. Obviously, that's always a big deal, you know, the rivalry and everything that goes into it. But what I saw from this team was a, a fire and an energy, and, and they went out on the mat with, with an intensity, and I think that the, the results speak for themselves what the girls put out there. And you said in the post-meet press conference that first they have to know that they're capable, that, that that mental side of it has to come first. So what was that meet like? I mean, the energy was was evident, and that's always such a great meet. But also, what did you see from your team as far as the, the mental aspect of that meet and the competitive energy that they brought? Uh, I, what, what I was hoping to see from that meet is that we were going to embrace being in a, in a close meet. And we talked about that all week. I didn't think they handled the California trip really well. Mm-hmm. I thought we had a lot of people distracted with, I, I think they wanted to believe, but I think they were still trying to prove things rather than just settle down and do their, do their job. Um, what I wanted to get out of the meet on Friday with, with Alabama was um, embrace the tight meet because the best meets, the biggest meets of the year, it's going to come down to the last couple of our teams. Right. It's going to have high-packed pressure on every event. So you know that that, that that last girl on beam is going to have the pressure on. So you should practice that earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, I talk a lot about trying to ignore the national rankings and just start watching how teams match up night to night. 
sure. you know, that Friday night against Alabama, what I took away from it, win or lose, was that we are a young team that's pretty dang competitive with one of the better teams in the country. Yep. We should take confidence away from that and we should build on that. So yeah, the victory was for our fans. The victory is, is, is the cool thing about it, but we grew a lot as a young team that night. I remember uh, leaning over to uh, Ashley, who's my assistant coach, Ashley Johnston. Uh, we were halfway through our bar work lineup and um, I I was smirking a little bit, but I said, you, you realize we put the, the, the brilliant idea that we had was to put three freshmen up first three on, on the bar line. <laughs> and she's like, yes, I've, I've thought about that a couple of times, but you know, you better, you, you better, we just throw our girls in the deep end and make them tread water. So uh, it, it just seemed to work out for us. <laughs> Well, Jeff, tiger to tiger, I think I'll take a win over Alabama any day. I, I think we're in this game. <laughs> um, but you guys lost some pretty big, some pretty big leaders on your team. You had Abby Malay and Sam Serio. Um, they were they were standout gymnasts. They were gymnasts that were always competitive. So, what does the leadership look like on the team this year? How are the freshmen um, adapting, and and what what does the talent that they bring? How does that look? Well, they're they're extremely talented. That's that's the good thing is we brought in seven really talented freshmen. Nice. So I'm not as worried about developing them and trying to build confidence that type of thing. It's it, it it's a good situation in that respect. You know, the tough situation is you have seven new people who don't know college gymnastics at all, and they're trying to learn a lot on the on the job. Uh, our our leadership has really been I I believe uh, leadership by committee this year. You're right. We lost really good, strong leaders uh, last year. But I think the people that were juniors and sophomores were really tr- starting to focus in on how Sam and, and Abby and those girls had, had actually led us through these last few years. So I, I think if you look at the floor, comp- the, the competitive floor on, uh, on Friday night against Alabama, you'll pick out our leaders. You'll pick out the people who decided, I, I have to step up, you know. Um, I, I can't just talk. I actually have to do also. And that was, you know, Drew Watson stepped up really big for us. Skylar Shepard stepped up really big for us. Um, Darion Goldburn obviously stepped up really big for us. Right. Those people are the ones who are vocal and um, lead by example people. So you know what you've got from from athletes like that who you just mentioned that have kind of found their way in a leadership role. You bring in some really talented freshmen and now everyone is kind of, you know, coming off this bit of a confidence boost after a win over Alabama. So as you continue into the gauntlet of the season, you've got LSU ahead. Uh, What is your expectation for this team? Where do you see their potential spiking? Well, I, my goal has always been mid February to hit that okay. we need to know what we're doing mid-February. We have 21 girls on the team. I believe in, I don't know if I believe in that big of a team, but I right. believe in a deep squad. <laughs> um, and and I, I think we're better this year because we have a lot of people in the 8, 9, 10 spot right now that are pushing to get into the top six. Right. And, and when they're pushing, the people who are in the top six have to work harder to right. stay in the top right. six. So it's been a great... Uh, inner team competition. What we'll see moving forward the next few weeks is what we've as a coaching staff really tried to design out. More people are going to get opportunities. We are not going to say, hey, last Friday night we did this, this, and this. That worked out really well for us. We're going to keep that. We're not going to do that until 
early to mid-February. We're going to give other opportunities for other people because we've got some really talented girls that didn't even hit the floor on Friday night. Right. Mm. Uh, I, I'm, I'm absolutely excited about the potential. Now, is there risk in that? Yes. I, I, but I would rather have that risk. I've had both teams in the past. I've had teams where we've had 12 girls on the team and there was no uh, ambiguity. Everybody knew every Friday that they were going to compete. You look at last year's squad. Uh, Drew and Darion competed the all-around every meet. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it means it's predictable, but it also means by the end, you're taking a lot of chances. They're pretty beat up. They're pretty tired. Uh, what are the odds that they're at their best? It would have been nice to have rested them. But in order to rest them, you've got you've to try the other people. I tell everybody this. I think it was Marv Levy who was the head coach of the Buffalo Bills for a long time. He said, depth is, only, depth is awesome until you have to use it. And, uh, but it was actually saying is you should use it ahead of time. So you know what you have. Sure. I want to go back, Jeff, before we, uh, let you go. When we were talking about the Alabama meet, you said something, um, that I think is, is relevant most seasons in the SEC. And you said that the girls felt like they needed to prove something. And I feel like in this conference, all the teams are talented. You go into any meet and the truth is anyone has the potential to win that it's stacked across the board for this Auburn program in particular, though, do you feel like there's always that feeling that drive to feel like you need to prove something? I mean, I feel like you, you constantly hear about, you know, the LSUs and the Floridas of the world, but Auburn is always in the running. Some seasons, they're a bit of a dark horse. Do you feel like this program carries that chip on its shoulder? I think uh, there's some truth to that. I think, look, there, there's teams in our conference that have won multiple national championships or multiple mm-hmm. SEC championships. They have big names on their team. Um, I think that goes without saying that people are going to give them the benefit of the doubt. They're going to assume sure. that they're going to be good. Uh, I think along with that goes a group of SEC teams that, and we're one of them, that people believe every time that we're victorious, or every time that we're close, it's well good for them. Uh, I, I, I'm trying to change that. Mm-hmm. And it, it, look, I think there's um, a larger onus on our girls. I, my main fight with our girls in the locker room is to try to get them to understand they don't have to do a 10.1. They can't score mm-hmm. a 10.1. Right, right. Because the, the belief is you have to knock out the champ. Okay, well, we're going to go, look, we're going to LSU this, the, this Friday. I, I truly believe the way they've been going, they're going to have a great team. They're going to have a sold-out arena. It's going to be crazy in there. It's going to be a great meet to prepare us for postseason. We have to be very careful not to get ahead of ourselves and go in there and think too much about we got to win. we got to score this. we got to do these things. Stay inside our, what we can do, and I think we're a really good team. That's what we did on Friday night against Alabama, and it worked out. And I think that's really the, the problem I have with our sport right now is that I believe anybody in the top 20 can beat anybody else in the top 20. Yeah. If people drop their guard and, and quit assuming just because in 1992, Utah won the national championship, that all of a sudden now Utah can win the national championship this year. Right, How about right. we just start from scratch? <laughs> I completely agree with you. I mean, Jeff, I'll say as an Auburn alum, you are certainly turning that aircraft carrier and you should be very proud of the (laughs) impact that you've had down on the planes. We wish you the best of luck the rest of the season. Well, thanks for having me, War Eagle.
All right, everybody. Well, that does it for us here on Chalk Talk. As always, thank you for listening as we break down all things gymnastics. McKenna and I will be back next week to recap the big meets and talk about all the big storylines. So make sure you subscribe, listen to us every single week, reach out to us if you have any questions or additions that you want us to add into the show. We love hearing from you. So thank you for listening and we will see you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.